0: Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of PodTicks and Right. Now, I'm Egberto. Thank you so kindly of for being part of the show. We are going to have a great
1: show. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate Cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks and automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations so you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology, real-world results. That's SAP Business AI.
0: Show for you today. Welcome aboard, Alistair Waters. Welcome aboard, Eric Hayes. Welcome aboard, Paul Fleming from Atlanta, Georgia. Welcome aboard, Bridge MCP, Upstate New York. Welcome aboard, Patrick Barron. How are you doing, my dear brother? Welcome aboard, Paravent, uh, paravent, 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 paravent. Lee Grant, my great brother conservative. Uh, welcome aboard E2247, our stalwart here. Bridge MCP is in the house as well. We've got Bruce Pollard who says, Egberta, you had a fireball session this morning on KPFT 9.1 FM. Yes, we did. And I love Joe. I love Brian, our two staunch conservatives. What? I found ironic over the last several days is that in as much as many times uh, folks are resistant, they're realizing that we are on the same page. And in effect, there is some convergence occurring there. Uh, It is amazing for people who want to think. Even you, you listen to that guy, Joe. He's a thinker. I mean, he wants to think. He wants to think. He is. I mean. He's informed by, by bad sources, but I I I noticed, I noticed when I called him out for what he did. When he learned who are the perpetrators of harming kids, who are the real pedophiles in general, who are the real people that sexually uh, harm children, it was like, yeah, but it's probably those kind of people. Oh, change the subject. Again, the one thing about it is if we can agree on facts, right, that are absolute, you hold a ball, as long as we are in this particular universe, if I drop a ball on planet Earth, it's going to fall at 9.8 meters per second per second. That's just the laws of physics. And that's what happens. That's a statement of fact. When you start working from facts, things can happen. And that is what happened when, when, when more Republicans realize that the ones that are starving them, the ones that are harming them, like we have another caller, Mary, another we have a lot of Republicans, most half of the callers today seem to have been Republicans. Good. I love them because they are my listeners. They are my audience. And, you know, they, I, I really enjoyed the calls. So I'm glad and thank you for listening, Bruce. Uh, you should call in sometimes. Don't just hide on the phone listening. Call in and make your point, brother. You know I love you. Come on, man. like to hear your voice, too. All right. Who else we got here? Patrick Varone is in the house. Uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, Michael Rudnan says, I've been without gaming for a whole month. My old video cards kind of fan kind of died on me. Would overheat if I tried anything, even simplest 2D game. Now this new video setup is beautiful. Yeah, so you got yourself a 32 incher. I missed that on one screen. I had to look at the other screen to see that. Congratulations, congratulations. All right, I'm glad you're here too. E2247. Alistair Water says, "Greetings, Patrick Barron." J Ray, my brother J Ray is in the house. Welcome aboard, Ray. Love to see you here. Uh, We also have Melanie Keelan from Barcelona, Spain, mi preciosa, mi hermosa, la única, Melanie Keelan. Uh, We also, wait a minute, where is, where is our girl? Uh, Yvette Avery Herod, I don't see Yvette in the chat today. Yvette, you're missing, Yvette, you're missing, where are you, Yvette? We're waiting for you, Yvette. All right, Michael Segberto, any chance you'll cover this? The discovery of 215 bodies buried in unmarked graves behind a jail outside of Jackson, Mississippi, has left a community in disbelief. The families are angry. They were never notified of the deaths and how their loved ones are buried in graves marked by just metal rods and a number. No, I hadn't heard that, sir. I will look into it. Anyone else having problems with electronics today? I hadn't. Eric says, Egberto, you be proud. TCEQ, call me back. And due to reporting, discharge mud 163 will have to dredge the sand out of the river. So bitch, and sometimes you get government action. No, Eric. Government is you. And you made sure your government, our government... Worked for us all, you can't sit back, not engage government and complain that government isn't doing what you want it to do. You have to tell government what you want it to do because you are government, and those that are governing on your behalf need to be told what to do okay so let let's uh so Eric, you're coming around too. That government works if people participate. Not if you just say government is bad, because if you say government is bad, you're saying you are bad. Because you are government. All right. uh, Let's see what else we got here. All right. I don't think uh, you guys didn't have a lot of writing for me to say. Let's see. Joe was right until he took it a different way and politics done right with Egberto Willis children. Are being hal- harmed in South Texas, an over 85K loss, and the government has no clue. Oh boy. Oh boy. Okay. We'll talk about that another one. Okay. Uh, and Eric says you got to bitch loud enough. Okay. So if you do, do it. But thank you, Eric, for putting in that complaint and getting the results. That is good work on your part, brother Eric. All right. Guys, I have a long video here from uh, and I cut it up. It was much longer and I cut it up uh the speech that was given by um Chris Christie yesterday. I don't think. You know, you don't have to like Chris Christie. You can you can hate Chris Christie. But you know what I say? It doesn't matter who the voice of reason comes from. If it's a voice of reason, if it's a voice that puts out an honest opinion that we need to hear. Welcome aboard Carl Cox. I want to hear it. So I want you all to listen to this uh the these excerpts that I've taken out of uh Chris Christie's speech when he said he's suspending his campaign. Because it's important and while I don't completely agree with all of his assessments, I think that, if we listen to what he has to say here, we would have a better America. And what I find is that they covered it so little because it was so substantive. And that's what gets me about the mainstream media. They they cover a lot of the crap that Donald Trump has been saying and constantly say yesterday, today, etc. Listen to what. Christie has to say, and I'm no Christie fan, but if you're saying something substantive, I want you to hear it. And I think our audience deserve to hear this, which is likely not going to be seen covered on the mainstream media, except for very short excerpts. But I want you to get the flavor. So here we go with brother Chris Christie. Please listen to what he has to say in detail. You don't have to agree completely, but the flavor of this speech is spot on.
2: We're in this race to tell the truth. From the beginning, we've been in this race to tell the truth. Fact is that as we were watching this race come together from where Mary Pat and I were sitting at home in New Jersey, we were really concerned that nobody would tell the truth in this race about what's really at stake. And no one would tell the truth about Donald Trump. No one would tell the truth about his divisiveness, his stoking of anger, for his own benefit, him putting himself before the people of this country, myself included, who gave him the honor of being President of the United States from 2017 to 2021. Personal ambition is a necessary element for any political candidate. You gotta get out of bed in the morning and be able to really believe in your heart that you have something to offer to folks that's better and different. And so I have no argument with people who are involved in politics being ambitious. You need to have it. But it can't be what governs your decision making. Ambition can't be what makes you decide how to do things as a public figure. It could just be the fuel that gets you out of bed, that gets you in front of a room like this, that gets you on the phone raising money, that gets you working for people who you believe in, and gets you working for yourself. I made a political decision eight years ago when I dropped out of the race in 2016, I looked at the polls, and I decided that Donald Trump was gonna be the nominee, and that since I'd known him for 15 years, that I could make him a better candidate, and if he won, maybe a better president. I knew his flaws, but I also knew he was gonna win the nomination, so I decided that I would get behind him and support him. I let the ambition get ahead and in control of the decision making. And after I figured that out, I promised myself and I promised my wife that I would never ever do that again. And I'm not going to. So for all the people who have been in this race, who have put their own personal ambition ahead of what's right, they will ultimately have to answer the same questions In 2016, those questions don't ever leave. In fact, they're really stubborn. They stay. And so I know how I'm answering those questions. I've never believed that Donald Trump was a foregone conclusion as our nominee in this race. And I knew that the case had to be made against him. Now, there are people in our party who are resigned the fact that he was going to be the nominee, resigned with the fact that the case didn't even need to be made because it would be a waste of time. They sat on the sidelines, and all they did was voice their opposition in private, behind closed doors, quietly, so no one could hear. And that's not leadership, everybody. That's cowardice. It's cowardice and it's hypocrisy. As a party, we need to be willing to take the responsibility for the part we've played in getting here. Our country is angry, it's divided, it's accomplishing little, and it is leading our citizens to be exhausted. And you just look at what's happening just in the last few days. Good people who got into politics, I believe for the right reasons, people like Senator John Barrasso, people like Congressman Tom Emmer, stand up and endorse Donald Trump. They know better. I know they know better. People who continue to deny the results of the 2020 election People in leadership in the House who go on TV and say that the people who attacked the Capitol on January 6th are hostages. We want to change this party and if we want to change this country, it's hard work. It's not easy. From the moment I got into the race, the decision that I made was really simple. I would rather lose by telling the truth than lie in order to win. And I feel no differently today because this is a fight for the soul of our party and the soul of our country. Why have we resisted the calls to drop out of this race? Because unlike some of the other candidates, we're fighting for something bigger than ourselves. We're fighting for something bigger than self-interest. We're fighting for something bigger than the next title. I've got plenty of titles. I have titles to last me the rest of my life. US attorney, governor, husband, father, son, brother. I have enough titles to last me for the rest of my life. We're fighting for something bigger. it's something that conventional wisdom thinkers just can't possibly understand. And so they've been saying for weeks and weeks and weeks because some polls that I should drop out of the race, that I should get out for that reason. The smallness of the campaigns who spend more time arguing and worrying about who should get out of the race than they have spent going after the front runner. They spend all their time saying, oh, Christie should get out, Scott should get out, Pence should get out, Hutchinson should get out, Burgum should get out. They and their donors have a different target every day to try to minimize the attention to their own campaign. How their own campaign is a campaign that doesn't play to win. It's a campaign that plays to not offend. The problems in our country, the divisions and influx at our border, the problems with our enormous debt, the failures of our education system, all of those things and much more will not be solved by people who are too afraid to talk about what the real problems are. If we ever have a hope of restoring this party to be a governing party of principles, we have to be willing to do the hard work and take some of the heat that comes with it. We have candidates in this race who have run away from forums where they were afraid they were gonna be booed I run into the forums where I know I'm gonna be booed because being booed for telling the truth is a badge of honor. I'm proud of everything we've said and done so far. And I'm proud of all the people who have supported us and are willing to do what needs to be done to restore the soul of our country because in the end, all those issues that we've talked about at all the town halls, they're all really important. But they're no more important than the most important issue, and that is the character of the candidate. You don't know what's going to come across the next president's desk. You think you can predict it, but you can't. No one asked George W. Bush or Al Gore, what they would do if four airliners were hijacked and flown into symbols of American power and killing thousands of Americans. No one asked them that in New Hampshire in 2000. But I was glad we had a man of character sitting behind the desk in the Oval Office when that attack came, because I knew George Bush would do everything he needed to do to protect this country and its people and put them first, not himself first. Imagine just for a moment if 9-11 had happened with Donald Trump behind the desk, the first thing he would have done was run to the bunker to protect himself. He would have put himself first before this country. And anyone who is unwilling to say that he is unfit to be president of the United States is unfit themselves to be president of the United States. Campaigns are run to win, that's why we do them. I see the chairman here in New Hampshire, he knows we run campaigns to win. My goal has never been to be just a voice against the hate and the division and the selfishness of what our party has become under Donald Trump. It's also been to win the nomination and defeat Joe Biden and restore our party and our country to a new place of hope and optimism in this country. I've always said that if there came a point in time in this race where I couldn't see a path to accomplishing that goal, that I would get out. And it's clear to me tonight that there isn't a path for me to win the nomination, which is why I'm suspending my campaign tonight for President of the United States. I know, and I can see it from some of the faces here, that I'm disappointing some people by doing this. People who believe in our message and believe in what we've been doing. I also know though, it's the right thing for me to do. The country that I think we should choose is the country that recognizes that our differences have always been our strength not a weakness, not something to divide us and anger us, but our differences have been our strength. We've come from different countries at different times to different places, with different skills, with different religions. And yet, only here can those people become an American. You can't go to Germany and become a German have to come to Great Britain and become British, but you can come here and become an American, a real part of this country. The moment we become a place where people no longer want to come in search of a better, freer, stronger nation, that will be the real problem that will be harder to solve. We back our allies around the world, And they shouldn't have to think twice about having America's support. Yet we have petty politics interfering with supporting freedom fighters in Ukraine. We have petty politics interfering with defending our friends in Israel. We have petty politics interfering with making sure Taiwan is armed to fight off the Chinese. They use the border as an excuse not to do those things. How about we have a country where we can do all those things? Because leadership aspires to something greater, not to appealing to the lowest common denominator, which is what the leadership of the last decade and a half in the White House has done, including the current president. We need a country that once again feels like everyone has a stake in what we're doing. That we can bring people together. And it's hard. It's hard to do that. I did it for eight years in New Jersey, in a Democratic state, with a Republican governor. And it's hard, because we have real disagreements. But those disagreements are small compared to the things that we have in common. But it takes effort We have to work at it. We have to believe that the other person has a rightful place in our country. We have to believe that whether we agree with them or not, they got elected too. And they have a right to have a voice and to be heard and to have a vote and to have it count. This race has always been bigger than me. It's bigger than any one person if you do it the right way. I tried to change the conversation in this race. I tried to force a conversation in this race. The conversation about the real thing that's going on here. I stood on those debate stages, every one of them, the pundits in the media and the professional politicians who worked for other campaigns, said I wasn't gonna make any of them. Right? Before every debate. now Christy won't make this one. Don't no, make this one. I made every one of them. But when I stood on there, I watched the other candidates arguing with each other as if the race was between us. Pretending as if the guy who's in front and wasn't there wasn't to be spoken about. Like Voldemort in the Harry Potter books. He who shall not be named because they feared even bringing up his name would make him appear with his magical, mystical powers to end their political careers. So they say ridiculous things, make ridiculous points. And let me tell you, if Donald Trump becomes the nominee of this party, the moment that it happened, was when Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis and Tim Scott and Mike Pence and Doug Burgum and Vivek Ramaswamy stood on that stage in Milwaukee in August. And when we were asked, would you support someone who is a convicted felon to be president of the United States? They raised their hands. Give Ron credit, he had to look at everybody else first <laughs> to see if he wanted to raise his hand, but then he raised his hand. Kind of like cheating off somebody's paper in high school. They raised their hands and I did not and will not and I cannot countenance that behavior. I want you to imagine for a second that Jefferson and Hamilton and Adams and Washington and Franklin were sitting here tonight, do you think they could imagine that the country they risked their lives to create would actually be having a conversation about whether a convicted criminal should be president of the United States? I can't tell you how many people in New Hampshire have asked me, why isn't there a law against that? The answer is because nobody ever thought that someone would have the audacity to run for president as a criminal. And they never thought that any American electorate would actually support it. It's not their fault that they didn't put it in the Constitution along with 35 years old and a natural born American citizen. They didn't think, let's throw in here and not a criminal. They thought maybe we'd get that part. We're gonna show them now whether we do or we don't in the next 10 months. Do we get it or don't we? I'm out here saying what I'm saying for the last eight months because I didn't wanna take the chance that you might not get it. I wanted to be the voice that was telling you This is unacceptable. We deserve better. And now there's some people who want the courts to save us. It's not up to the courts to save us. I remember what Benjamin Franklin said. I'm sure many of you do too. When he was walking down the street in Philadelphia after the Constitutional Convention, and a woman approached him on the street and said, Mr. Franklin, what kind of government did you give us? And he said to the woman, a republic, if you can keep it. Benjamin Franklin's words were never more relevant in America than they are right now. The last time they were this relevant was the Civil War, which of course we know was caused by slavery. (laughs) The last time those words were that relevant, back in those days. And now we are confronted, 160 years later, with that question again. A republic, if we can keep it, it's up to you. I've been running ads all over New Hampshire ending it saying it's up to you.
3: with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.
0: Ah, okay, let's go to the phones. J. Ray, J. Ray, how are you doing today, my brother? Oh,
1: yeah. Hey, brother, I hope you can hear me all right. I'm uh, actually fighting a little bug myself, but I'm getting better.
0: Oh, how are you doing? Did you get COVID or is it just a cold?
1: I think it was just a cold because I tested. Well, I only tested one time, but it was negative. So, okay. And you know, drinking, you know, drinking honey and and trying to you know clear my throat a lot. So,
0: how are you feeling now? Oh, a little
1: tired. You know, I'm actually uh actually you know making some changes in my life, moving to a new house.
0: So, oh, you're oh you're moving. Congratulations. Yeah, I'll still be in the city, though. So, yeah, I won't be far. <laughs> OK, great. Great. Hey, um, what you thought about Chris Christie's speech?
1: Yeah, you know what? I, I'll say this about Chris Christie. And, you know, as a progressive, you know, I, I'll say there are, you know, Chris Christie. And if I can name a couple of others, uh, Mitt Romney, for instance, mm-hmm. you know, um, Republicans like that, you know, who. You know, are, are brave enough to 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 have the fortitude and and say what needs to be said right. about their party. You know, and 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 it's and they don't want to hear it. You know, but right. you know, I like how he said, you know, what? Unfortunately, I don't have a path to victory. But right. I tell you one thing: all those cowards—that's what he didn't say—who sit right. on that stage and want to you know, throw jabs at each other because they're too scared of the great and powerful Donald Trump Oz, Wizard of Oz, you know, and we, we've been, you know, Toto has been pulled the curtain back on that wizard and revealed that he's a fraud, but I don't know why there's a population of say thirty to thirty three percent who just refuse to see it beyond any reasonable doubt. They just want to believe the fantasy.
0: You know, it it is hard to believe that um, you know, I, I even even like when when I when I listen, you know, ledo made a comment in there and you know, I, I don't just uh follow all these comments necessarily, but when he makes a comment like, oh, it's gonna be great to see what uh what you guys it, it, it's almost like it's going to be great to, to rub the salt into the wound when Donald Trump wins again. First of all, I don't think he's going to win. I'm now over the fear of thinking he's going to win. I am. And, and I mean that from the depths of my heart. I am on. I am. I am. I never had the fear. I had the concern. Now I'm not concerned about. I, I want winning. to ask you a question, Alberto. I'm, yes. I'm sorry. I I, I'm, I have a burning
1: question. What do yes. you think about the trolls in this country? Who, for all intents and purposes, their only pleasure in life is just seeing chaos and anarchy. It's like there are people in this country who don't necessarily like Donald Trump, but just like to see all of us liberals and progressives and, you know, woke crowd, you know, go in a frenzy and have our, have our undies in a bunch, you know, and, you know, it's like, there's a, there's a, there's a crowd of people out there that they get entertainment from our pain of trying to figure out how we're going to navigate this ugly and, and, um, you know, hostile, you know, society under a, a leadership of someone like Donald Trump.
0: If I, I don't want to correct it. you, let they me know. correct you with one thing. And and, and I say this humbly. Uh, let me just tell folks, for, here is the, the the new YouTube link. YouTube changed the link, link on us. But here here's here's the answer for that, J. Ray. I mean, Ray. Um, they're mentally ill. Okay. And there are people, in fact, that are mentally ill. They are mentally ill. Uh, and and they are a large percentage of the American population that that suffers from all kinds of syndromes. Uh, somebody remind, reminds me of that syndrome every time, and I always forget the name, where they do that, electric, that test where they, they, they're not really electrocuting somebody. Stockholm but they make, syndrome. No, Stockholm syndrome is when you, um, the Stockholm is syndrome is when you fall for your captor. Uh, but the other syndrome oh, okay. is where you will harm somebody if told to harm them. Right, oh. uh, just for the sake oh, of uh, a, uh, yeah, that's that, something by proxy. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I
1: know what you're so, talking about. So, 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 uh, the, Monchhausen, by proxy. That's what it's Munchausen
0: called. by proxy. That is a different one, though. That that is one where you you force your kid or somebody to be constantly ill, even though they're not ill. But okay. there is another one, and I know, I know, I know. csac not CSAC, I know Redman is going to come up with it in a, in a few minutes, and that is that. Okay. Uh, the Milgram experiment. I, I knew I knew it was going to be Redmond who did it. The Mil- okay. it's called the Milgram experiment. I didn't win experiment. the 200, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Look it up. The Milgram experiment. Right. And yeah, I will. I people. will. Because that definitely slipped past my uh, my knowledge base. Yeah. We have people in this chat. Right. That they, they actually fall perfectly into that domain. And the thing about it is what we have to do as a society, Ray, it's just go past them, right? In other words, what progressive has always, I mean, not progressive, what Democrats have always tried to do is just convince the loudmouths or or try to talk to, the, that's not what we do. Uh, it's like what I did with Joe this morning, right? I try to reach common ground with Joe, but in the process of trying to reach common ground with Joe, I, I know that I have a larger audience that is listening to that conversation between myself and Joe. And the thinking part of that audience that the thinking part of that audience is going to say, I don't want to be like Joe. If I want to be a changed Joe, I want to be that person who really is that smart one. Because ultimately, when you constantly speak to some of these folks that are not fact based, that are that that simply make no sense, you don't want to be associated with that if you are clear mind. But if you're mentally ill, it doesn't matter. And we do, And so my thing is, we try to work with the sane people. Uh, for those that are mentally ill, we hope that it's not gone too far, that it's not reversible. But those that are permanently mentally ill, it's the minority, so in the long run, doesn't matter. We just have to prevent them from using their guns. Well. Well, I I understand. But the thing about it
1: is I noticed something in my community, in the black community. I noticed when we're mentally ill, we just sit back and watch like Mm -hmm. spectators. But on the other side, when they're Mm -hmm. mentally ill, they're motivated to vote and pick up their guns. And that's what scares me.
0: Well, I I tell you something. I think that is why I love your generation and the one that came after you, the, the 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 some of the younger ones, they don't do that anymore. Uh when you talk to the older folks, they are conditioned to take, right? They are conditioned that, well, if it doesn't work out, uh you know well, you know that's how it's gonna be. The newer generation, I love them. Because they go out there and say, well if I don't if, if you don't give me what's mine, I'm gonna take it. And you know that is America, right? When America doesn't get its way, it's go it goes take it. It goes ahead and take it. What we have to do is prop up those. And and you know what? I have faith in those 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 younger folks. I think if you take a look at the numbers, you see that these younger folks are activated now, uh, and they are our saviors. Believe it or not. There are saviors, including yourself, because you're a millennial.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm getting up there. I'm one of the uh, senior millennials uh, pushing the big 40, but I, I definitely, you know, there was a meme that was floating on uh, Facebook. They say, so are all of us just going to look like teenagers in our 30s, you know, <laughs> but, uh, credit to my parents. For for the great genes that they bestowed upon me, I I can't take credit
0: for that at all, you know. Yeah, well, just my
1: parents, good genes, and the creators.
0: Well, you know what I, I I like that Lee Grant took what I a statement that I made, and he he kind of flipped it on me. He said, "So Luton is the new patriotism." No, Luton is not the new patriotism, but Luton goes in two directions, right? The insurance companies are looting Americans right now. Do you support that? Uh, When other countries react to America looting them, do you support that? So what I'm saying, uh, Lee Grant, is if somebody knows that there is a price to pay for not giving someone's due, then uh, recompense is in action. Anyway, what else? What else is there, my dear brother Ray? Great hearing from you. And I'm sorry you're sick, but I'm glad that you're on the mend.
1: Well, I want to I want to end on a light note. You know, I don't know if you've been here in the hubbub and scuttlebutt around YouTube over Cat Williams. But, you know, I'm not. I I used to be. a, a. Yeah, I don't know what your opinion is on that, but. I found it quite intriguing, to say the least. And because I was an aspiring actor at one time, it made me look at Hollywood a lot differently. But, you know, in all, I I, I have found myself, you know, hard to be able to talk to people because, you know, I want to have conversations like this and they're just not on that level with me. But I could talk to people about Cat Williams and then I can warm them up to this. So I just want to give a shout out to Cat Williams for giving me something to talk about besides Donald Trump and how much he sucks.
0: (laughs) Well, look, I don't have an opinion on the cat Williams. If I just follow it, believe it or not, guess where on YouTube. I mean, I'm going to play the, 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 in in a minute, uh, the Nancy Grace one in a minute. Uh, Here, here here's the deal. Um, I love what you just said. Think about this. You can use a lot of today's, um, I forgot what you call it. Uh, Uh, the the things that people like today on TikTok or Instagram or whatever as a conversation starter and then merge right into uh, something more serious. I I think that's a great technique. In fact, I do a lot of, I I would do clickable links or rather clickable headlines to talk about something serious. I tell you what, if you take a look at the blog that I wrote for the Jasmine uh, Crockett Piece that I'm on play right now. You'll see how I used it to bring a more a more informed subject for the blog that goes with this video. So anyway, Ray, just uh, 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 saying, egberto when are you gonna start the Jasmine Crockett tape? Let me go ahead and do that. And uh, okay. look, thank you, oh, my I brother, me... for calling in as usual. And uh, folks, I want you guys to use this this phone call I because you guys can bring stuff to us. Okay. Anyway, here is the uh, Jasmine tape that I want you to hear. Nancy Grace from South Carolina, representative congressman from South Carolina, made a mistake as she attacked uh, Joe uh, Hunter Biden in a very unprofessional manner. But that is not really what got to um, Jasmine Crockett, representative Jasmine Crockett. What got to her was Nancy Grace bloviating and using a talk about white privilege incorrectly, improperly, unfairly against Hunter Biden. And she had a few choice words for Nancy Grace, so much so that it took her aback for quite some time. Check this out, and then we'll take it on the other side.
4: You are the epitome of white privilege. Coming into the oversight committee, spitting in our face, ignoring a congressional subpoena to be deposed. What are you afraid of? You have no balls. I can't get over the gentle lady from South Carolina talking about white privilege. It was a spit in the face, at least of mine as a black woman, for you to talk about what white privilege looks like, especially from that side of the aisle. And let me quote your now ousted speaker and what he had to say about the Republican Party and y'all's lack of diversity. When you look at the Democrats, they actually look like America. When I look at my party, we look like the most restrictive country club in America. So let me tell you something. Y'all don't know what white privilege looks like, but I'm going a, I'm to a show you a little bit of something. You see, you want to talk about a two tier justice system. And this is the only time that y'all have ever referenced it when this country has a history when it comes to black and brown folk of having two separate sets of rules. And right now, what you want to do is have two separate sets of rules because Mr. Moskowitz offered y'all a fair situation. He said he would vote for Hunter to be held in contempt if y'all voted to hold all, even if you remove all of the members of Congress, there's still other people that y'all haven't decided that y'all have excuses for, but y'all don't want to hold them in contempt. But for some reason, it makes sense to hold Hunter Biden in contempt, who has tried to comply.
0: So it is clear. It is clear that Democrats in the House, particularly our progressive Democrats, have stopped taking knives to gunfights. In other words, they don't let anything get by. And it's great to see this fight back that we seldom see at the level that we saw at the hearing in the uh, holding in contempt of Hunter Biden. They lost the battle, but... They definitely won not only the PR game, but they definitely used it and appropriately exposed the fraud that is the current state of the Republican Party. And that is what is so important. Uh, Michael Rudnan says the idea that Congress will hold someone in contempt for not testifying when they're appearing to testify is unprecedented uh daniel ado if i didn't block him i would report him for that erection comment <laughs> freaking pig i didn't even see the comment uh, uh, you know uh, sometimes you have to wonder about uh you know some people alistair water says the gloves are off yeah you get at some point you have to put you, you have to stand up and i think for a change That's what happened. That's what Ray was talking about earlier when he talks about the passivity of some people and the aggressiveness of others. Well, you know, if more people get aggressive appropriately in a civil way, things would go fine. All right. Uh, Google and Amazon are starting 2024 with a bang by announcing hundreds of layoffs in several of their divisions. We find it interesting that these tech companies desperately need to cut costs by eliminating jobs at the same time that they spend billions in stock buybacks to enrich shareholders. Remember, remember, capitalism is not for the employee. Capitalism is not for the the, uh, customer. It is for the executive and shareholders. No more, no less. And when people start realizing that, they will cease, they will cease believing in a system that ultimately screws them and start looking for an equitable system where everybody has equal access to success. And when we get there, and we can get there, we can get there. So, you know. What can I say? Uh, I think it's a it's a great uh, it, it's a great day. Everyone can become a shareholder again. I, I, okay, I'm going to read this one out for Eric because this is where Eric has the delusional thinking, right? Eric says everyone can become a shareholder. You can get dividends and buybacks too. Just save and not use credit. How privileged of you, Eric. You simply don't understand poverty. I'm not even going to ask you to go to the ghettos or the barrios. I'm going to ask you to go to my brothers and sisters in Appalachia, where there are areas with 50 plus percent unemployment. They don't have a rat's ass chance in buying a stock, let alone knowing where their breakfast is coming from. But you don't see that on TV. Because those are the forgotten people. They don't want you to see that there are people who live like that. My my daughter went into Appalachia while she was in med school. And she had never seen what she saw so much so that she called, I, I mean, she called me from the car as she was driving through Appalachia. She just couldn't understand it. She just like, Dad, you will not believe it. I'm going to put that on the screen for you right now, Bridge MCP. I'm going to put that on the screen right now. And I think I got it. I think I got it. And there it is. We've blocked every piece of legislation to reform the border, as well as blocked all funding. But the crisis is all Biden's fault. Just think about it. But you know, as long as we're here telling the truth, it's all right. Okay, guys, I gotta get out of here. I wanna thank everybody for being here. Uh sorry for the glitch that we had earlier today, including the crash that we had. Uh please support the program. Uh let's see. Uh let what is that? Oh Lord. Robin Hood, I have Robin Hood. I understand Robin Hood. Everybody can invest if you have well, anyway. I am not even going to go there because you guys are living in, in la-la land. If you think a dollar, an investment in a dollar stock or whatever can make a difference, then you definitely don't understand the power of those who really hold most of the stocks in this country. You don't get it at all. Anyway, folks, please support the program. It's not hard at all to do. You can support the program by going to politicsandright.com slash support, politicsandright.com slash support. That's a good investment, making sure that we educate all those around. Politicsandright.com slash support. Please as well, consider becoming a paid member of our free newsletter. Newsletter is free, but we ask you to become a paid subscriber. If you become a paid subscriber, you can read all of my books online. When you go to uh, Egberto.substack.com and you click, or actually if you just go to Egberto.com, uh uh, politicsandright.com slash newsletter and when you get there if you click on books you can see all of my books thank you so kindly for being here folks love you all gotta get out of here my name is egberto willis this is politics and right and you guys know how i end this baby i am what out